Hello, and welcome back to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Mark. I'm Michael. I'm Nay. Hey. And we're recording tonight from the secret attic in the Blumhouse headquarters, <laughs> where we keep all our former lovers. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be back, you guys. It's a really big yeah. room. Hi. Uh, with us, as always, is our brilliant producer slash jailer, Brennan. Hi, Brennan. Hey, guys. Hi, Brennan. Dinner's in an hour, so let's wrap this up, you know? <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. What, what do jailers do? I'm not good at role playing. Oh, oh, okay. I actually didn't hear what you said. Oh, I said I, I called him our producer slash jailer. Oh, I heard you, but I didn't hear him. Okay, no. no. You it said could, you're not good at role playing. No, I know. It's not what a kind of a gay are you? <laughs> the the failed kind mostly. Who's um, the secret voice? Well, listeners, I'm sure that you're wondering who is. Who is that? What's that smoky tone? That smoky baritone <laughs> coming through the mic? That's not, That's not any me. of your normal okay. friends. <laughs> no, that, on that, of the queer wolf. that was actually me. I just got a lot better at role playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Tonight is a great night because we've got our very first special guest. But before we undo his straps and bring him closer to the mic, uh, let's set the table. Uh, friends, he's a living legend of horror, having yes. worked on some of your favorite shows like Channel Zero and Hannibal. But He's also created, curated, and maintained the Child's Play fran- series, one of the more enduring and reliably great franchises of modern American horror cinema. It's the series that brought you Tiffany, Glenn and Glenda, and most importantly, Chucky. You guys, Don Friggin' Mancini. Yay! Thanks for having me. We are so thrilled you're Living here. legend equals old. No. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. <sighs> Say something, Mark. <laughs> No, um, I'll take it. I'll I like to. It. I like to begin. <laughs> I like to begin every pod by apologizing. <laughs> so, um, Don, hey, sorry. I'm still living. That's the most important. Yeah. And you are a legend. So, I, I living legend, Chucky's. <laughs> I mean, you're I'm here. merely his curator. Uh, well, you know, uh, oh, listen. Wow. We should all be. I know. It's Brennan oh brought. That's so cute. Wow. I love those. <laughs> They're pretty adorable. I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, uh, we are we are fortunate enough to have Don on the show today, and to discuss, you know, every week, you know, as dear listeners, you know, we discuss a uh, a film from the uh, the horror canon and figure out what's gay about this. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, we asked Don to pick a personal favorite to discuss, and he picked the 1983 Tony Scott film, The Hunger, and let me tell you, I was pretty excited about that. You were. You were very excited. Yes, you were. I know, our group text was really, yeah. I was I was bringing it. Yeah. I'm so glad, because I was afraid it was too obvious. But oh, no. Why would you say so. too obvious? Why, is it too... Well, I mean, it's a... Uh, you asked me to pick something that had a gay subtext and a lot of the gayness is in the text of yeah. that movie. I mean, <laughs> right. There's a you know, full-on uh, gay love scene in that oh. movie at a time when it was not that, that de rigueur. Right. So um, in that sense, I worry that it was too obvious. But I think that there's a lot more about it that's gay that's maybe more subtextual that we can dig into. Agree 100%. Agree. And I look forward to that discussion. Um, Don, before we generally go into discussing the actual film, we like to go around the table and sort of talk about the shed a little spotlight on uh, some of the stuff we've been reading or watching that uh, is exciting to us. So um, would you do the honors? And maybe is there anything lately that's really. Let's see. Like I just. Whistle. <laughs> I just <laughs> well, I just finished watching Sharp Objects oh, on HBO. I have yet to dig in. I just started it. So, um, 
It's not particularly gay, though. Is that okay? <laughs> I mean, okay. It, it actually, Amy, you're right. Actually, it is a little gay. Amy because yeah. Adams drinking in a bathtub in like every episode. Yeah, that's pretty queer. Touche. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Patricia Clarkson as, you know, this uh, southern diva from hell. Like just Tennessee Williams well, yeah, it's, monster. It's, yeah, movie. you're right. It is yeah. gay enough. But it's I, very it, queer, you know. actually. I haven't seen a lick. Just that description. Yeah. Gay. <laughs> did you um if i mean i re- i realize that spoilers may happen and so be it i'm still gonna watch it but like did is there is what was your overall sort of response well as someone who like yourself grew up in the south you know or you didn't grow up in the south but you spent a couple of formative impressionable years there on that level it spoke to me that you know, literally and figuratively humid atmosphere of that show. Um, at times, I I wondered, oh, is this for real? Is this or is this just cliche soap opera? But then I, you know, it only took a few moments of you know remembering my own upbringing in Virginia that it's like, no, the, these mint juleps, those those <laughs> are for real, and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, um, Taste, yeah, I, yeah. It, it's it's pretty disturbing that show. It's 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 rough. Yeah, it's really rough to watch. Like I was like, I was so excited to watch episode two last night, and just like three times during it, I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was, it was You're like hugging Sam, your dog. No, but there's like little girl, <laughs> little girls' corpses type stuff. Oh. It's just like cheery. Yeah, like, there's a lot of. Child killing, in yeah, show, I mean, which is terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're very pro child killing on this. Yeah, me child killing. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> makes me so happy. Relax. Nay, what's, what, what and it also watching? has Christmasina. Okay. Yeah, and Christmasina's pits. So you know, just I need to start this right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. Michael, and Michael's yeah. leaving the pod record right now. Without me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nay, what have you been watching or reading or? You know, I hadn't, I've been traveling a lot. A lot. And haven't, a lot, right? Yeah. And I mm-hmm. haven't had a lot of time to watch things. I mean, I did start to watch Sharknado, but since <laughs> I didn't finish it, I don't know if I can really speak to it. <laughs> um, we don't want to do it a disservice. But I did a lot of reading. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did a lot of reading. And by reading, I mean, I was reading my mom and her aunt and her sisters. Because <laughs> okay? they needed it. And they, I mean, they was reading me back. Oh, I got wow. read a few times as well, but so you you instead of watching sharp objects, you just like went home and yeah. lived, lived it. it. Yeah, <laughs> hardcore. Oh. Yeah. Are you from the south? No, I, well, I'm from the Midwest, which is like you know everyone migrated from the south to there. So yeah, it's like post south, post southern <laughs> Midwest. Um, yeah. Oh. So a lot of reading. I'm from the Midwest too. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you a lot know? of tight sphincters. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You get me. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a lot of room for that stick up there. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. This is really quite a segue for our uh, our AV our AV portion of the show. <laughs> uh, Michael, what about you? I am on. <laughs> loving Castle Rock. Ah, okay. Um, I have yet to catch up to last night's episode, but. It is just breathtaking. Every single every single episode has been amazing. And it's a really good example of why TV is killing it right now and movies maybe sometimes aren't hmm. because there's just a lot of art going on. There's, It's like amazing that 50 years later, Sissy Spacek is a revelation again. Like She's so good in the show. Yeah. It's sure. very dark. It's very humorous. 40 years. 40 years. Don't Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I actually <laughs> she popped never, that in my head. She, she never stopped. stopped she never stopped. She looks the exact same to me. Trading mom. She plays like wow. how many fucking roles? Come on. She's so good. 
So yeah, it's a it's an amazing show, and I know you have. Has anyone else started? it? I have not watched no. it. Come up to it. It's great. It's fantastic. It's such a good, such a good horror craving during the week. Okay. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to digging that into Please that. Please do. I haven't really been watching anything specifically, but I will say that I started uh, uh, Carmen Maria Machado's collection of short stories. It's, it's sort of horror adjacent, I guess you could say. Uh, it's called Her Body and Other Parties. And it's uh, amazing. That sounds okay. Great. It is sounds fantastic. Great. She is a queer uh, writer of color who um, really writes what on the surface might seem like sort of slight uh, stories that uh, really sort of are rooted in like kind of urban legend, uh, old urban legend type stuff. And um, and she just turns them on their head and just completely kind of has taken my breath away with at least a handful of some of those. It sounds amazing. Before. Yeah, it, it, I'm a little late to the game on this one. It came out last year, but Her Body and Other Parties. Okay, um, it's noted. It's fabulous. Um, cannot highly recommend it. I cannot recommend it highly enough. There we go. I saw a horror movie this week, though. Uh-huh. The Wife. <laughs> oh, man. it's. I saw that, too. Yeah. Mm. It's like kind of a horror movie to me. Yeah. yeah. What did you Glenn, think, Don? Glenn's great. I don't know that I can really say that much publicly. Okay. You honestly, are in the same camp. I mean, we'll to talk after this. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I honestly would love to because I have very strong opinions same. about that movie that same. run totally counter to the party line. Okay. I thought she was really good. Okay. You and I, reliably think, I great. think you're in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got to stop. I'm yeah. so eager like I've been having this conversation with it's like, have you seen the wife? <laughs> and everyone's oh like, no, <laughs> no. Or they're just like, oh my god, she's gonna win her Oscar finally. It's like, mm. anyway, we'll talk afterward. Yeah, right. we will. Setting the table for tea time later. Boy. Yes, Indeed. post tea tea. But who doesn't love Glenn Close? <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. exactly. She's, she's amazing and everything. She's perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of odd choices in that movie. It's that movie is chock full of talent. Yep, on display. Yep. And um, it's it's it's, it, it's quite a litmus test. I think it's very interesting to see how people react to. Yeah, I'm very you know um, I haven't spoken to anybody about it because I don't know anyone else that's seen it. Oh, so gosh. it'll be nice to talk to you about it after the show. I can't wait till the show's over. <laughs> Can we stop? Um, Brian, yeah. How about you? What have you been watching? Well, give it to us. Brian. Um, I actually. Well, I think I might dole this out over the next couple episodes, but I've been marathoning the Children of the Corn movies. Yes. Oh. Wait, how many are there? There are ten currently. There's a new one this And that year. includes like the sci-fi one? Yes. That includes um, But all that's the- a teaser for later. Because what I really want to talk about mm-hmm. is this Netflix telenovela. It's called La Casa de las Flores. For, for the gringos in the room, that's House of Flowers. Um, it was created by Manolo Caro, who's a, who's a Mexican filmmaker. He's basically... I don't want to be too bold, but he's kind of Mexico's Pedro Almodovar. Oh, okay. um, he makes a bold. lot of really cool movies. Like um, uh, so one of them is called Elvira. I would give you my life, but I'm using it. <laughs> um, Same. But anyway, La Casa Same. de las Flores is a. It uses all of the tropes of a telenovela, but kind of twists them on their head. Is it kind of like Jane the Virgin in that sense. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's, I started watching it in Chicago a couple weeks ago. Actually. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wait, Jane the Virgin or La Casa no, de las Flores? No, La Casa de las Flores. Oh my god! Yeah, you're actually watching. How far yeah. are you? Uh, I don't know. I have to like log in and see. Okay. <laughs> well, no spoilers because yeah. you know it's a telenovela. Lots of things happen. Yeah. But there are a lot of queer elements, which is yes. not something that's super common in that 
genre necessarily, mm-hmm. um, and they're all handled reasonably well. The only thing that I would say is not woke about this show is that there is a wacky comedy with a K blind character, but she's in one scene and it's like, oh, I can she pretend falls that down didn't happen. No, 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 no. But it, it's a uh, <laughs> what problematic. <laughs> let's say, but um, <laughs> is how you say, yeah. No, but it's it's High got a tension. lot of <laughs> queer characters with really interesting layers, and it's not just oh, we're going to talk about how we're gay the whole time. Like they actually have. Like character traits and problems that are aside from being gay, and it's really interesting. And interesting. It's a really really okay. fun show. It's on it's Netflix. Only, yeah, it's on Netflix. Only thirteen episodes. Oh, okay. It's yeah. That's the reason I'm watching it because so I can't in, watch sixty. In non telenovela fashion, there's not like six hundred. Correct. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, there's a lot of hot dudes' asses in it. Mm. Um, you ever I seen Club de Cuervos? No, but um, yeah, you get the other yeah. side of the hot dudes on that. That's the soccer one. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's actually really funny. Yeah, yeah, and there's a ridiculous. Guy on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Read it. So, so Nay, are you liking the show? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes, absolutely. I, I do recommend it to anyone. It, it like drama is the international language. Anyone can absolutely. understand exactly what's happening in any drama from any country, and I highly recommend it. It's really engrossing. Katie Heron says the international language is math. Katie Heron is wrong. It's <laughs> from me. And Who knows math? <laughs> Raise your hand if you know math in this room. Mm. Nay knows math. Congrats. But <laughs> whatever. Moving if on. That, that's the international language, math. No, drama is. According to Lindsay Passion. Lohan. Lindsay Lohan's character Mean Girl says it's math. Yeah. And I tend to believe Tina Fey. I mean, Fey. it is. Uh, and I tend <laughs> to believe She just Lindsay even Lohan. said that line phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> Bless. Oh my God, she she's, totally did. She's tweeting at Sarah Palin now asking her to lunch, so listen. I know, like, R.I.P. John McCain, hey, want to grab lunch? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> uh, yep. And that's literally what she did. Bye. It's wonderful. <laughs> Nay, you and I are going to have to catch up in yeah. a bit. But until you guys then, will have your crosstalk. We'll have our crosstalk. Mark, you can. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me out of my cage so I could talk a little bit. All right, back in. Back yeah, in. Back back on. Bye. All right. All right. I think it's now time to talk about the hunger. Yes. Shall we, before we begin the discussion in earnest, Brendan, would you Same be so kind as to oh, uh, play, the, play trailer? the trailer? I thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Roberts is in jeopardy. Hey, lady. How about it? Stay with her. Help her, for she has begun to feel the awful horror of the hunger. That was Willem Dafoe, <laughs> one who said, "Hey, lady, how about it?" Yep, he's huge. At that age, too. Yeah, was, yes, right. Pray for him, Miriam Blaylock. She feeds one day in seven on the unsuspecting, Queen. and soon she will turn into something. She feeds one day in seven. They don't diet. That's a glamour. No, but they don't make that explicit in the movie. Try. That's no. news to me. Nothing's explicit in this what? movie. It's, <laughs> it's explicit in the streamer. Forever. Uh, I, I read the book. Forever. Yeah. Did you read the sequel? I did not. Mm-hmm. Are they good? I love that the trailer's right? playing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just like. Well, we said we could talk. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly it's. Yeah, now Usually they don't have this much going on. It's just music. Strange, perverse, <laughs> riveting. Ooh, oh. Actually, I think we just found the ad copy for our ad for the podcast. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Sensual, strange, <laughs> perverse. <laughs> hey, you guys. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, okay. That was the trailer, everybody. And that was the trailer, sort of, <laughs> with us yammering over it. Don, um, I mean, I certainly don't need this question answered because I think this movie is everything in a lot of ways. But why did you pick The Hunger? Uh, well, it 
It's a favorite of mine for a number of reasons. It, well, as you probably know, was Tony Scott's first feature. A little un- annoyingly, he, I don't, I'd say he disowns it, but he, I just like, when, I mean, when he was still alive, of course, he's not with us anymore, but whenever I would see him interviewed, he would, he was very dismissive about it, huh. which, Annoyed me because I, I think it's a I think it's a really underrated movie. I don't know you said you had not seen it before. That was me. This, that was you. I'm yeah, sorry. I've seen it approximately fifty. Times. Oh yeah, and you've read. <laughs> what am I saying? And you've read the book, and you're so you're obviously very Ages versed ago. in in hungerness. Um, <laughs> I just I think it's it's really that of its is. time in a way that I think it is really evocative because it it captures a time in the culture in gay culture but also pop culture generally that i think is really interesting because i a lot of times people dismiss the movie as just an exercise in style which i think is really unfair because i think it's a movie about style, it, the style literally the it's substance. about I mean, style because it's, it's a, all over the place as far as style goes. right but yeah. i don't but i don't think it's just style i think it's really what the movie is about because i think that that it's a movie about um, the emptiness of these people's mm-hmm. lives. And I think that, and also interesting in that it came just at the dawn of the AIDS era. Right. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is a, a weird reminder that a lot of horror movies are actually incredibly conservative. And it's a really conservative movie. And I'm probably not assuming out of school that none of us is politically conservative <laughs> at this table. Um Yet that doesn't necessarily keep one from enjoying a right. movie that whose perspective is deeply conservative because mm-hmm. the movie is extremely um, <laughs> what's the word? Homophobic? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Is it is it homophobic? Well, do you uh, think? I, uh, I mean, I love what you said about the, the style being kind of because the style is a subject. Uh, it's the it's the substance, right? And it because I love the hunger because it feels like one of the most honest movies about vampirism in the sense that it, these people have nothing but style and the act of curating their lives because there's literally nothing style else. Style and youth and beauty, yeah. which is what the values that that the the movie and the characters espouse to their the, to their detriment. You right. know that they value Miriam Bla, Bla, is it Blaylock or Blaylock? Blaylock? Yeah. I get Blaylock. her confused with Damien, who's Damien Damien's nanny is Mrs. Baylock. Yes. <laughs> okay. Miriam Blaylock, you know, she values beauty and and style above all else. And, and I think pads. it's just such a right. <laughs> it's just such a, a weird indictment of her of the values of or or I, I shouldn't say the values of the era, but the assumed values of that subculture where you go through relationships like Kleenex when you're tired of them or if they're now too old, what do you do? Put them in a box, Recycle. put them in the attic and move on to the next. Mm. And she does so without a lot of angst you know I mean, she has a, her she has her one moment where she's crying she's i think she squeezes out literally a single a tear, tear yeah. which i love <laughs> as she's as she's playing the piano oh but God. i just i find that movie really disturbing there's a lot when i w- okay so i'm the one that saw it for the first time last night okay. and a lot of it resonated to me because not seeing it before i was reading it through like today's lens 
and just kept imagining like, oh my God, this was so ahead of its time in the sense that they were obsessed with certain things that like we're obsessed with today still, like as far as like fame and fortune and the look and style and all that stuff. And I kept imagining her doing that today Mm -hmm. and what that movie would look like today. And really the only difference is she'd have social media. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. It was like really cool to me to watch it that way because it would make their lives more boring though, wouldn't it? Because then well, in a way that I think, I think like even dating apps like Scruff and Grind and Grinder. I mean, they're really convenient and can be kind of fun. But I remember back in the day when you had to go to Santa Monica Boulevard like chase and go to Rage or something yeah. in order to like to get you know. with somebody. Yeah. So it's like instead they wouldn't have gone to that great club at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, the movie would have taken place in like her bathroom. They're, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> oh, I found I found some people. She'd they're be wearing, they're, a, she'd they're be on their way over. And, like there'd be billowing <laughs> curtains, but she'd be like just literally refreshing. Right. But the curtains probably wouldn't swiping. be blowing because they'd have central air and like there would be no wind wind blown through the windows because they. And the doves open. would have been exterminated. <laughs> <on> the, uh, <laughs> <sighs> it is low key like one of my like it. The movie, the movie is so obsessed with uh, with, uh, in, in, with posturing and sort of posing and everything is that by the time she does carry uh, John up to the attic and she puts him in a box and then she looks, you know, she's talking to him, she looks at the other boxes and she's like, all of you, you are all my loves. And you're like, this bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, she's like, be, just, ca- be kind to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, la, 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 la. Now I'm going to you know, move on to that little girl. Well, I've got to even talk about three. that. <laughs> How we couldn't do that. Where it's like, now she's setting her sights on like a girl who's like 13 or something. Alice. I mean, you Alice. couldn't even do that in the movies today. Uh, Another thing about the movie is that I think it really gets at the horror genre's fundamental or one of the horror genre's fundamental concerns which is the fear of aging and death. Right. I mean because there it, it is just the most horrifying thing to see one of the era's most beautiful men, David mm. Bowie, we watch him in the space of a minute go from, you know, virile young man to doddering nonagerian or yeah. whatever. Well, and, mean, and it's and, and, and still incredibly effective, that sequence. I would argue more so than it might be today because they just do it with CGI. Yeah, the makeup effects. Seeing those Dick Smith effects. Beautiful. So fantastic. The, yeah, the practical effects are just, they're so unsettling by the time he kills Alice by the time he just and that's and I found that that scene there's all a pathos about it because you do feel he has a bit of regret oh completely right? and <laughs> Beth Ellers is such a Ellers Ellers I don't know uh, but she's she's such an appealing young actor yeah um, I love 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 Alice they I love that the movie actually for all of its gaps in terms of presentation of rules or really, you know, digging into story per se. They really uh, I don't know if it's the actress that that manages to convey it or, you know, the script or both, but uh, I find her I always find her death incredibly upsetting. Well, I think part of it she's so full of life. Yeah. Right. And it's in and the the casting and and her performance were so spot on because she's running completely against the grain of the rest of the movie, including her co-stars, which are who Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie. They're so beautiful and so poised and elegant. And she comes on and she's very 
rough and she seems like a believable teenager well she's so exuberant even when she's just ringing the doorbell yeah. chewing her gum she like there's gum, everything about her talking about energy. her mom's quaaludes I'm just yeah like, yeah so uh, you really mourn her loss right. and it came a lot sooner than i anticipated if at all just because i also think that's super ballsy to kill somebody she's borderline that normal horror movie killer age where the kids are like 16 maybe 17 but she's a little bit younger than that so you might not expect it right and then it happens like 30 minutes into the movie it really i think that that her her youth it hurt really uh lends lends her death and i think i agree like if it was she was four or five years older it wouldn't have felt the same it's not as it's not as sinister. It's not as uh, it's not as transgressive. And four or five years younger, it would have been too hard. It was just yeah. like everything about <laughs> it was just just perfectly. Did that staged. actress? Uh, I'm not familiar with her beyond that film. Did she do anything else? She was uh, in a soap for like 20 years. I yeah, think she really? was on Guiding Light for. Like oh, 20 yeah, I think no she idea. she worked consistently for yeah. a long time. She was my. We're speaking of her as if she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, she's my favorite. Nate, this queer. is the first time you'd seen the movie, yes. right? What I mean, like what 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 was your first besides blush? wanting Susan Sarandon to say stuff to you? Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't snarl at me, you evil little bitch. Yes. Okay. Snarl um, you know away. I think the most horrific. So there's two really horrific parts to me after the aging because aging is scary. Mm. It's your lover not being into you anymore, but you're like you, you're. But that's not mutual, which is like heartbreaking and horrible. And in very gay fashion, you get stuck in the same room with all their exes for eternity. It's like the worst. And you're cognizant of all of that. And I just was thinking about the times in my life when I've felt that like horrible feeling of like this person I'm into is into someone else now. Being put aside. Yeah. And and what if I had had to dwell in that space for eternity and mm. as a vegetable mm. in a coffin with all of her other exes up in the attic? Like, I really? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, tough because like we're cons- like you consider like you look at the movie and like I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm considered quote unquote other. And then in the group of others, you're the other. Yeah. Like, oof, like <laughs> girl. There's also something really <laughs> disturbing about the lie that Miriam tells mm-hmm. all her lovers throughout eternity. How long she, tells, she promises them, you're going to have eternal life. Yep. But what I didn't tell you is you're not going to have eternal youth right, and right. you can never die. And that's something that's so disturbing. It gets into it a little more in the novel as yes. well, where, where they, they get into uh, when um, – Susan Sarandon's character. What is her character? Sarah Roberts. Sarah, Sarah Roberts. Roberts. When, when spoilers, spoilers. But at the end, you can when spoil. listen. It's 1983. Ends, right. Any, anybody who tweets that, hurry, hurry and watch this movie. This 40 year old yeah. movie. But when she in in the book, and of course the book doesn't have the crucial flip that the movie has. Right. Um, and Sarah just ends up in the attic for all eternity. But the notion of of rotting in a box. It, it reminds me a little of that moment from Return of the Living Dead, you know, when they get that, that half-woman corpse. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Which is like, it was one it's of the so most simultaneously uh. hilarious yet disturbing things where they go, why, you know, why do you eat brains? And it says, to ease the pain of being dead, I can feel myself rot. <laughs> and, you know, yes. let me tell you, Man, you, you guys are that? all, oh, all so young, but, you know, that, well, you. that sentiment... Um, becomes 
uh, important. <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in the in the in the novel, though, doesn't Sarah? Um, it's it's interesting in that the the novel ends. I mean, before the epilogue of like what well, you know what, the what Miriam, ending of the movie was added. Yes. Later, right? Yeah. Um, but in the novel, uh, it ends with Sarah. Well, one of the endings, right, is Sarah ends up in the box. Like she does kill herself because she'd rather you know die instead of live her life as an addict, essentially. And right. Sort of uh, like Miriam sort of touches on the idea that you know Sarah's so tortured by her, the Hippocratic oath that she took as, as oh, that's cool. someone in the medical field that she, harming people is just it's too it's it's too revolting a notion for her mm-hmm. so she does uh, I forget how but she does essentially Such kill a, herself or uh-huh. you know drain herself so that she's you know useless Miriam puts her in a box and it's interesting because the book is sympathetic is very sympathetic to Sarah's uh, decision in that it describes how in eternity, it stops being painful because she has such a uh, such a wealth of memories. So about she her has life and Tom. Tre- it, the, like there was a, a really almost poetic line where she says, yeah. "Treasures and memories of love yeah. that will sustain her." Something like that, but, but more articulate. It describes a kind of Zen state for mm-hmm. Sarah. Uh, which is interesting. Um, and Doesn't sound so zen. <laughs> no, I mean, listen. Well, just, it, when I remember reading it and thinking, she's a much better person than I am. <laughs> I, I would, like, would not be lying there for eternity thinking, oh, I'm going to be okay because just knowing that I'm mm. a good person. No. It's, it's like, enough. fuck, did I make yeah. the right decision? That one like, memory is I'm hungry. Great. I could be going out to clubs with Catherine yeah. Snow right now. Seriously. Uh, and she wears that little stewardess hat. Uh, I love that they wear sunglasses indoors. God, I love that. I love that like Susan Sarandon was like wet like she was in the flash dance video like half the movie oh. <laughs> and i'm well. like she's supposed to be getting sick and i'm like she looks fabulous oh, <laughs> so, i mean it's perfect um in the book too so miriam is the one who ends up triumphing essentially sort book. of yeah but she leaves so the the first sentence i don't know why i remember this the first sentence of the last chapter says miriam abandoned new york yes correct. i don't remember where she goes though thailand Fuck you. You know everything. <laughs> he really does. Here it's I'm trying to yeah, parade, so parade my um, knowledge of the hunger. I'm hopelessly outclassed here. You know, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame, though, that Tony Scott ended up sort of, I guess, like you said, sort of being disowning the movie in his own movie. And no, I then, think it's only because it failed mm, in the box office. I right. think generally filmmakers, if, if a movie doesn't do well, they go, oh, well, I... I I I spit on you. Yeah. I move on to Top Gun. Go away. Well, look, I mean, you know, it's normal to, you know, have a complicated relationship to those things that don't quite connect in the way you'd like them to, right? But um, it, 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 when you... I haven't read the second book in the series, which is called The Last Vampire, but um, Whitley Strieber apparently, like, made a, wrote a novel that ends up sounding very much kind of like a Tony Scott movie, <laughs> which is that um, she's in Thailand and she's trying to... Like sort of, I don't, you know, I don't know, whatever vampires do in these books. You know, basically she's <laughs> wearing gorgeous clothes and you know trying to you know just be that bitch. And, yes. And, but then she's chased by an Interpol agent who's like been killing oh. off all the other vampires and like it's like a prequel they, to they, Hannibal. It turns into like uh, you know, yeah, basically it's like basically <laughs> like you know Clarice and Hannibal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I I was just like that. That could have been a Tony Scott movie. In the know. book, is there a lot? Is there a, is there more rules in the book? Because I feel like the movie really didn't have any. And like you said, the one in seven days. I feel like that, I knew that, that clear but I don't remember novel. if I. I I, 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 I don't know the. I haven't read it in a long, time. A long time. I think you know it better than I do. Ago. But I I can't even remember if the book had the onks. 
did it? You know those. I believe it did because it did state that Miriam was in fact uh, six thousand years old. But didn't and, they have like? There's something about their teeth. They had like. Oh really? Did they something? have like the fangs? Or? I don't think they had fangs. God, I don't remember. I, I can't remember that- either. But for some reason, I feel like the the jewelry was an invention of the movie. Okay, because a lot of the movie, I was I kept wondering like, okay, they can go. Daylight's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a lot of I the traditional like vampire rules are kind of tossed to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm wrong, but I've always had the impression in vampire lore that like nothing can really kill you unless it's like a stake to the heart. Yeah, and that's like old school, like the hammer. Yeah, the hammer. And I thought rules. it was interesting that all those rules were kind of tossed out in this movie. Yeah, because I mean, they live in yeah. a perfume commercial. Yeah, they do. Oh, that's the perfect like, way to put it. They yeah. live in a Calvin Klein ad. Oh. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> I also love that they they spill a lot of blood in yes. this movie, but you never get to see the cleanup. Well, the editing is oh my god! <laughs> and I, but I love where did Alice I, go? I love, but that's what I love about the movie is that it's so aggressively selling mm-hmm. <laughs> vampirism to you. Well, in some, I think that's in some and way. that's why Tony Scott was the perfect director for that project uh-huh. because it the surfaces are so exquisite Ugh. in that movie. And you just mentioned the editing. One of my favorite sequences oh, in the movie is when the cop played by Dan Hedaya mm-hmm. comes to, <laughs> comes to question her. Shares the head, right? Uh-huh. And, and Susan Sarandon has just left the yeah. house and she's like, you know, going through her transitional period where she, as you said, she's sweating beautifully <laughs> And she's got the best flu ever. And what is it? And so there's like a, <laughs> oh, that's right, a piece of paper that Susan Sarandon has given to Catherine Deneuve with her phone number on it. She's holding the paper. And anyway, Dan Hedaya is like, you know, is questioning her. And there's this, I know cross, you're talking about. Yeah. There's this the amazing cross cutting sequence yeah. where yeah. Susan Sarandon One is walking through the city. And and it kind of it, they start the cross truck. cutting back and forth to the, this truck that's that at first it's only the editing that suggests right. that there is a danger to Susan yeah. Sarandon. It's just like we cut to Catherine Deneuve, we cut to Susan Sarandon on the street, and we cut to this giant truck right. and the music goes dun 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 dun, uh-huh. and. And the editing just starts cooking and getting faster and faster. And we see the truck bearing down on her. And Catherine Deneuve takes this piece of paper and puts it to her breast, mm-hmm. like lovingly and right. fondly. And that saves her. And then right. suddenly so the, the truck is stopped. And it's so simple. It's the sort of thing that I feel like nowadays it would be done way more elaborately. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it, the fact that it's done so simply and, as you were saying, just through the editing, it's so artful. It's really well, beautiful. In each shot, and I'm glad you brought up the editing because uh, Susan Saran had said something about the editing like 30 years later. But um, each shot was intimate, even the truck. It was like a close-up of the truck. And today, like you said, it would probably be some huge overhead shot or like some big wide shot just telegraphing the entire thing. Um, But Susan Sarandon said one of the things she finds most disappointing about this movie today, she thinks of it fondly, she likes it, is the editing. What? She thought it wasn't like frenetic enough. She thought they were missing a beat on the editing. She said it just wasn't quite there. And I thought that was super interesting because I think when I was watching it last night, I texted you within like the first 10 minutes, like the editing in this is insane. Well, as soon as it started with Bella Lugosi's yeah, dead, I'm and like, then you read the cross-cutting, like, and then by the time that, you know, like, the rhesus monkeys appear in like the cross-cutting, you, you were texting me going like, what is happening? And I was like, oh, it's that's great because the there's that one woman who's like, like the, right, her colleague who's screaming in horror. First six minutes. Susan Sarandon 
despite Jill Stein, we do love you, but you're totally wrong. Totally wrong, editing. right? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the great things about first it. First six minutes, you get a sense of like 30 different places, like seven different people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just beautiful. And Anne fucking Magnuson. Is that who that was? Right? Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know what Magnuson, I was thinking about that scene? Yeah, girl. Um, I was thinking about how I was like, won't love have you doing that? Just like smoking a cigarette in front of a Mack truck. Oh, yeah. girl. Out of it. I wanted to smoke a cigarette so bad and I haven't smoked in so long while watching that movie. I was like, they do make smoking look cool. uh, It (laughs) crossed my mind. It did cross my mind this last time watching it yet again. smoking? Going... God, being you—if you're a vampire, you can smoke like a fucking drink. <laughs> I miss smoking. Eat. Well, I guess so they don't bad. eat, but like drink and smoke. Yeah, like sherry. sherry. Who the fuck drinks sherry? Catherine Vampire does drink okay. sherry. Yeah. Ingest. Exactly. That's so, she's <laughs> like drinking blood. during the afternoon. Yeah, Susan Sarandon. Oh, and she says, "I'm sure you would think I'm idle. My time is my own." Yeah, <laughs> she's got a fucking it's like me, but it bust of herself, <laughs> which is amazing. Like, <laughs> Malika is her servant girl. <laughs> Here She's we go. cutting her. <laughs> 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 oh, God, uh, I just want to be sitting on a marble slab listening to opera next to some calla lilies in a white t-shirt with hard nipples. Oh. Just like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just like Susan, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love you. <laughs> but it's, but, but, and, and that is what's, I think what's so enduring about The Hunger and is you put eloquently at the top of this conversation is that it's, the, the style is, the purpose of the movie and the fact that it manages to express so much about the existence and the hollowness of the characters it's it's portraying while at the same time like you as a first time viewer are talking about it yeah being that in love will make you just smoke a cigarette and walk in front of a Mack truck it is it's so tactile this movie mm-hmm. and it does really draw you in and it does make that hollowness attractive and it's central it makes it makes you it makes you a little thirsty for it, and that's mm-hmm. what's so kind mm-hmm. of exciting about it. But then also the weird flip side of it is certainly looking at it from you know today's a queer perspective, point of view. a queer <laughs> a queer view, <laughs> clear view, man. Um, is is that you know it, it, it the film does take an explicitly bisexual turn, in a, a, honestly one of the most fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, way better than shot. mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, is is there? Is it too hard on... I don't think that everything from the past should always be looked at with a hardcore today, today lens, right. right? It's like some things are just of their time and you can you know, take what you like and leave the rest, right? And that's all fine and dandy. But is there something, you know, is there a revisionist view of this movie where we go? Because it's, like you said, describing... Don, you said um, describing in a sense... A kind of it's it's an allegory for a quote unquote queer life of like disposable lovers discard them when they're you know no longer appropriate or, or aging young, or something. Or, yeah. Is there something about it that is a little bit sour underneath all the candy that you get up front? Well, and yeah. I, that's not a loaded question. That's literally an honest question. I don't actually have a strong feeling myself. I don't either. Actually, I think. You know, when they made the movie at the time, I don't, I'm sure they weren't thinking of it as specifically an indictment of the gay lifestyle. If anything, I think they were just probably thinking sweepingly of, of the, a shallowness that was happening before the AIDS era. That was about the decade? More than just yeah, it was like the yuppie era. More than yeah, you know, know, the seventies and early eighties. It was a time of you know rampant sexual play, Mm -hmm. 
and and spending. Yeah, <laughs> and the and the, you know yeah. the movie just has a kind of jaundiced view of that. Uh, I mean, but it always makes you wonder where the fil- do the filmmakers really hold that perspective, or are they just making a movie about it because it's something to make a movie about? I it's, guess it's, the question is what makes it. You well, know, I think, yeah. well, especially because they didn't when they made the movie, they didn't know AIDS was coming. Right. Yeah. When you I know? think when you look at vampirism in in general, to me, there's always some sort of raw sexuality to it. Of course. And I personally just assume any vampire in a movie is bisexual because of the sexual magnetism that's part of being a vampire, apparently. So I don't think it was intended to be any allegory on sexuality and one defining themselves in any way. I think it was just, to me, it was more a study on just excessiveness like yeah. mm-hmm. excessiveness in every single way possible right. um, and I think the bisexuality queerness is just kind of like more 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 <laughs> just there yeah it's just part of it like we're gonna go to excess let's have her go to excess with a woman let's have her go to excess with a man let's have her go excess in every single way yeah. plus the sex scene is just bomb yeah <laughs> it's so interesting at the end though um, Susan Sarandon wins because she has the moral high ground. Right. You know, yeah. she she rejects what what Sarah. Uh, I'm sorry, what Miriam is selling, mm-hmm. and in rejecting it, she triumphs. Right. Which is interesting. But then you think you see it in the coda at the end, and I have an interesting little trivia bit about that in a minute. But um. What are we to think about how is Susan Sarandon operating? It's a very now? cynical Because ending. she has Miriam in a box in her own attic. Right. I think she's in Rome. I think that's I Rome. I think it's London, I right? I believe it's, it's London. London. The whole film was shot in London. They only spent oh, okay. a, well, they only spent a week London. in New York for those exteriors. Oh, you guys oh, know way more about this than I do. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It's London. Um, but it's, you know, uh, it's clearly a European city, right. that beautiful mm-hmm. last, you know, that shot back, as you hear, yeah. 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 That, yeah. which I find incredibly haunting, Chilly. just beautiful. hearing the, yeah. the scream haunted. Yeah. But, but are, I guess we're to assume that now Susan Sarandon's, Susan Sarandon is operating by those rules, which means she doesn't have the moral high ground right. anymore. Right, she so kind of became very so, so, so what happens? She became there. what she defeated. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, was there a younger woman and a man in that place yes. that she was with? Okay. Mm-hmm. So there was just a lot to read into at the end there, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very decadent. So mm, my, my yes. piece of trivia was, and I'm, you probably know this because you seem to know everything about the movie. <laughs> Mark. Um, Do you know the actress who plays her young lover in that scene? Who that is? At the very end? Yeah. Oh, God, almost. I need on the tip of my tongue. Her name is Sophie Ward. And the only reason I know this is because she played the young love interest in the movie Young Sherlock Holmes that came out a couple of years later. And I worked with Nicholas Rowe, who played Young Sherlock Holmes. He was in Seed of Chucky. (laughs) And he had just come from Sophie Ward's wedding to a woman. Oh. Oh. Well, how about that? Yeah. Wow. Queer. Okay. <laughs> the hunger indeed. I love that trivia. Yeah. I have another bit of trivia about this movie. That I You wrote it. What, <laughs> <laughs> she pulls it. I am Whitley's hero. Aliens cool. took me years before. <laughs> he wrote another book, Communion, which is about alien abductions, a long story. Anyway. Communion, right? Wait, Tell that's me the right. More fact. Yeah, that's <laughs> supposedly he lived through. Yes. it was his supposedly his real experience. Communion, Mark. Um, that's another episode. Uh, 
the bit of trivia I had was that Richard Shepard, the producer, Shepard, the producer of The Hunger. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to literally be laughed at. <laughs> I was just thinking about um, us calling you Mary Kate earlier. It's <laughs> <laughs> <He's> Ashley. <laughs> oh, Ashley. <laughs> uh, first of all, actually, okay, before I talk about this trivia, why... <laughs> Why is it that when you guys gang up on me, I'm either I'm one or the other of the Olsen twins? I personally think you're Ashley. Okay. Yeah. Is it because I'm rich and have fabulous style? <laughs> and huge sunglasses. And huge sunglasses. <laughs> no. And you're wasting away. And I'm slowly, <laughs> slowly wasting away. No? What is it? <laughs> May is sipping her tea in front of me, refusing to answer. Rocking back and forth. Fine. <laughs> Oh my god, what a weird sidebar. No, no, I'm, I'm, Sorry. I'm not rich, I don't have great style, but I am wasting away. He's okay. got thick sunglasses. <laughs> okay, my bit of trivia was yes, that please. the producer of this movie originally wanted another favorite director, Richard uh, Alan Parker, to direct this. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wanted Alan either. Parker to direct it. Angel Heart is one of my all-time faves, and it's... I think we should talk about it on the pod. It's, absolutely. I think it's absolutely it's worth discussing. Um, but Parker's the one who convinced... Shepard to hire Tony Scott because Tony Scott had made some incredible commercials. Oh, so the director they wanted got Tony Scott the job, essentially. Correct. Oh, that's cool. And I have always wondered, what would an Alan Parker version of The Hunger look like? Would it... F- exactly the same. No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> it would... <laughs> well, it's a similar style, anyway. I mean, they both you know, have that kind of early 80s Helmut Newton fashion magazine aesthetic. That grainy Michael Sarazen kind of like nobody shot the 80s like like, like know, Alan Parker and Adrian Lyne. Adrian Lyne. And, yeah. Well, and weren't they all they were all like in had a company together? Oh did they really? I think so. Interesting. You oh, would sense. Know. Yeah, what Mark do that? That I don't know. I like Miranda. You know everything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Get me that Harry Potter book. Now. (laughs) That's all. Uh, (laughs) You guys, is there any other, is there any uh, stone left unturned about the hunger for today? Or should we move on to our uh, lesbian vampire related games? Mm. That answer is yes. Always <laughs> yes. I'm ready for games. <laughs> Nate is like, I am always ready for lesbian vampire games. Did you have any clips you wanted to play for the movie? No, maybe so. Maybe. I mean, okay. you know, I feel like we've all sort of done the Catherine Deneuve voice, and it's pretty. There's actually like no dialogue in this movie. There's it's not like, a lot dialogue at <laughs> Wait, all. I do remember one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is just a, a favorite bad line. There's some alien strain consuming my blood. Oh, yes, <laughs> that is. Or that's a. That's a that's a Lulu. And she had that delicious steak that she didn't even take uh, a bite out of. Oh yeah, it's, it's a bruise. So it will fade. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally like uh, Tom is like. <laughs> it's what like, a Tom dick! Is I know what a what dick. Like he's, he's a lot more sympathetic zero to a hundred. But like they they spend more time in the book and they really you know I mean I guess it's like Whitley Strieber's writing about like poor Tom. He doesn't know what's happening to his girlfriend. He wants her to, you well, know. And it, his uh, freak like, out at dinner kind of seemed to come out of well, nowhere. Well, he's like, you spent three hours with a woman? What the yeah. fuck were you talking right. about? Like, it's like, her? all right, Tom, Was it that relax. scene where she's like, adjacent to the to steakhouse is this uh, public yeah. pool mm-hmm. where there's this beautiful young girl cavorting yeah. yes. and, and Susan Sarandon just can't. She just can't get enough. Yeah. Mm, steakhouse next to a pool. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed this pool is part of the steakhouse. Like Fred's Steakhouse and Pool. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I it's remember like the you first eat time, and then swim it. Yeah, off. you swim <laughs> and die. Yeah, <laughs> they make you wait thirty minutes, and then you get in. 
<laughs> and you and wash then, off all the steak juice. And when you're all done, you're a lesbian vampire. Mm, yeah, I could go to that place. What's with all those signs by California pools that say if you've had diarrhea in the last 14 days, you can't get in the pool? Because <laughs> I'm like, I've always had diarrhea within the last 14 days. <laughs> like, I'm an, I'm an anxious bitch. <laughs> Like there's just no, there is no two week period of my entire life that I have not had diarrhea. And just one have to bring credentials. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like from your doctor, this? they test I you. Do. I have a note from my doctor. He said I haven't gone poop wrong in two weeks. <laughs> Can I get in the pool now? <laughs> I don't have diarrhea, but I took one really hard up there. I wish. I wish. I, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what is it? You know, because like when you see warning labels on pills or things that you just go, yeah. how in the hell? Mm, it's one because somebody case. tried it, and, and so like you know, case. there's someone who like. You know, like four days swear. in a row was like, I'm fine now, I swear. <laughs> you, know, you know that's the reason. Yeah. Um, and that's the hunger you got. a pool to be drained. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, games. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm still laughing. <laughs> I was at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs once and someone pooped in it. Okay. Anyway. Well, I'm sure that their ad buy on ArcPod was going to be <laughs> adult diapers should advertise here. So. Yep. Okay. So, is everybody ready for just you know pulling ideas out of the top of my head? Let's call these the Hunger Games. Oh. Um, we actually have two. This we is kind all of volunteers tribute. Oh, thank Sorry. you. I'll see myself out. Katniss. Yeah. Shut up. I'm doing a game. Okay. okay. This is very important. Um, so this first game. <laughs> What was that? Was that too mean? <laughs> a was that too mean to Mister Fact Man over a here? Hey, he keeps us rolling. Fact, I'm trying to do something. Ooh. Okay, so wow, I'm I'm really punchy today. I don't know what's up. It's this donut I just ate. It's coursing through my veins. Yeah, clearly. But anyway, so what's happening with this first game is I was just sitting and pondering and reflecting, and I was like, if we're talking about homoerotic vampire films, we're looking at The Hunger with Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. We're also looking at Fright Night with Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a character to you, and you have to tell me whether or not it was Susan Sarandon or Chris Sarandon who played that part. So I'm going to be describing it in gender-neutral terms. And I think let's try to come up with a group consensus about like whether it was Chris or Susan. Does okay. that feel right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure I understand. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was like, yeah. I was like, Brennan is Brennan is going to describe a character from a film, right? Yeah. And then we have to decide if that character was played by Susan Sarandon. Are these or actual Chris characters that these, were? Yeah, actually these are actual by, movies. Like you're going to say, like a <laughs> Chicago cop who gets mired in the adventures of a killer doll. See that one? I thought would be too easy. Annabelle. That was not but, Susan. Sarandon. Yeah, no. That <laughs> I haven't seen, seen that one. one. Susan <laughs> Sarandon. <though. laughs> anyway, okay. Here's the first one: a librarian who has a copy of D- Don Quixote stolen by an old man and a robot. Is that Susan Sarandon or Chris Sarandon? What do you say, Mark? (laughs) Is everyone looking at me? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I have not heard of this movie. I'm going to go on a limb and say Chris Sarandon. I'm going to go with you and say Chris. It's actually Susan Sarandon (laughs) in 2012's Robot and Frank. So, and Frank, not Anne Frank. (laughs) Did you say Robot and Frank? (laughs) I was like, yes, bad bitch. Yes. Robot and Yes. Whoa. Whoa. The Nazis are coming. The Nazis are coming. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, Let's do a different one. (laughs) 
Um, <clears throat> how about this one? The spouse of one of the film's protagonists, and this protagonist happens to be recently reunited with an old flame, so this spouse is conveniently murdered by a Cuban rebel. Is that Chris Sarandon or Susan Sarandon? Chris. Chris. That is Chris Sarandon. What movie? It's a movie called Cuba starring Sean Connery in 1979. Are you making these up? I'm not. Sean Connery and the girl from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen it? Brooke Adams? Brooke Adams. Yeah, it's Brooke Adams. Um, Richard... Yeah, never mind. That's that's I'm all I'm trying got to show that. off and I just can't pull no, it. No, you did a great job. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Literal actual Jesus Christ. The character is Jesus Christ. I hope it was Susan. I hope it was Susan, but I'm gonna go with Chris. Too. Yeah, it was Chris Arandon. <clears throat> In nineteen eighties, the day Christ died. He's really uh Jim Caviezel is trying to steal his thunder. This movie is I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna run out and see all of them. <laughs> no, who doesn't want to watch Chris Sarandon as Jesus? That's true. I would convert. Like, okay, whatever. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> How about this one? Okay. An absentee parent who surprise visits their grown daughter on Christmas with an ulterior motive. Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. It's bad Mom's Christmas. It is a Bad Mom's Christmas. <laughs> Damn. Which was surprisingly good. And I Bad really Mom's is like movie. kind of good too. Really? Yeah. Catherine Hahn's amazing. <laughs> Catherine Hahn's amazing in everything. Yeah. Okay, I'm so honestly so excited to see this movie. If you haven't seen it, I also haven't. But here's the character. Okay. A detective who is skeptical of a young girl who is attempting to solve a mystery with her dog. Is that Chris Sarandon or Susan Sarandon? Done. No idea. Susan. Yep, that's Susan Sarandon in 2016's Ace the Case. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I'm these ready. actors are way too prolific. That's yeah. Yeah. Like, unless okay. you describe Little Women, like, where's Thumb? Yeah. It's not Marmee. to be easy. <laughs> this is what this is what happens. Like after like for actors past sixty, right? Like we're making the these movies that Sister only Helen Brennan has heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sister Helen Prejean. I, I, had to, I sat down and I did my research. <laughs> I put on my special glasses. He does do a really deep dive did. with these games. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm no. It's great. I was trying. I'm not going to be like someone who has sex with Tim Curry in a musical. And you're giving us everything we want. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut to the last one because this game's not flying very well. The second one. <laughs> it's but, great. It's great. Thank you. We just need. We're just one of Don's us needs riveted. to get it. Okay. Here's the last one. <laughs> we just can't play. <laughs> we get it, but we don't get it. You know, it's just a guessing game. It's fifty fifty. Anyway, a stodgy parent who disagrees with their sassy daughter's relationship with Jesse Bradford. Chris Sarandon. Sure. sure. Yeah, it's Chris Sarandon in My Sassy Girl, two thousand eight. Oh, I thought it was Swim Fan. <laughs> oh. oh, that's right. I it's wish a good I, movie. I wish uh, both Sarandons were in Swim Fan. I love that's Swim Jesse Fan. Bradford. Yeah, yeah. He's, he has so much or so I've heard. in Swim Fan. <laughs> that's him. He has every, what? Every swim? scene in Swim Fan, the eye light on Jesse Bradford uh, is insane. He's cute. He is cute. He's really. Cute he's not a day. swimmer though. No. He is doesn't he look fan? like he. I, no, he's too he like. Doesn't look like little. I think right. He drowned during the making of Swim. Fan. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and who, who is the who is the girl in that? Erica Erica Christensen. Yeah. She's really great in that movie. Yeah, she's really bringing some Alisa Silverstone. Oh yeah. Crush. Yeah. Oh, the crush. Oh. Uh, uh, that was a I good just movie. Had one. <laughs> that was okay. the one with the bees, right? Yeah, she tried to kill somebody with bees. Yes, yeah, I believe she did. As one does, she risked it all. She would risk it all for Carrie Elwood. I want to kill this person. Poison ivy. I gotta go out. Can you imagine? It's like I gotta go buy some bees. Just gonna go to a bee farm real quick. 
Um, How do I get this girl out of my man's <laughs> out of my bees? Man's. <laughs> I know. I'm going to take a semester raising bees. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to try a better game, hopefully. This is Mark's idea, so I think it'll fly better. Oh, it's Basically, gonna be so I'm going to tell you the name of a person or character, whatever. Um, and you have to tell me whether they're a lesbian, a vampire, or both. Oh, <laughs> love it. This is great. <laughs> Okay, so this is a lightning round. Everyone, you know, kind of consult okay. among yourselves again. This is going to be really fast. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is do we, exploding. Do we all shout out our, our or we, do we go around in a circle? Uh, sure, let's do that. We can okay. start with Don because you're a guest. Okay. And then we can go to Mark because that makes the most sense. And then Nay and Michael because that's just really easy because that's the order you're sitting at at the table. He lied. <laughs> Here. Okay, number one, Willow from Buffy. Um, oh, not a bunch of Buffy fans, I see. Vampire. Lesbian. And lesbian. Oh. Eh? Did lesbian. Do you not watch Buffy? Nay. Watched the movie. That, the movie's oh, good. Yeah. But um, she's lesbian. Is that Allison Hannigan? Yeah, it's Allison Hannigan. Her character's a lesbian. She was and never a, a witch, vampire? But she's, oh, I don't witch. think she was a. I think alternate universe version of her is a vampire at one point. Also, please, no one take my gay card for not watching Buffy the No, that's totally that's okay. fine. Um, well, I'm going to skip to the next one mm-hmm. Carmilla the vampire. She's a literary figure. Okay. Should I just stop doing well, games? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for them to answer because aren't we going to Okay, let, let's just do it all at once. Just do it all at once. I feel like I'm your first guest and it's like, hey, this show doesn't work. We're canceling the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This has been fantastic. <laughs> I, I think maybe all at once was a better plan. Vampire. Vampire. Who is it? Carmilla. She's a literary vampire. She's she's both. She's like the first lesbian vampire from, from what? Gothic fiction. Oh, it's a novel called Carmilla. Oh. Okay. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Neither. It's a tough one. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say lesbian. Lesbian. Yeah, th- yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I thought that both. was an easy one. <laughs> no, that was a joke. I was seriously <laughs> yeah. not. Like, yeah. No, no, I know, but okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> everyone is just staring. <laughs> okay, here's the next one: the girl who walked home alone at night, oh. like you know, the titular girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just watched that recently. I think she's just a vampire. I think she's just a vampire too. Just yeah. a, like merely a vampire. Yeah, just, merely. just yeah. a vampire. <laughs> you know, your garden variety. <laughs> Don is right. Iranian Our show has been uncancelled. She's just a vampire. Hey. Typical Iranian All vampire. Right. Kate McKinnon. Oh. The dreamiest lesbian ever. I mean, she's a lesbian vampire if I've ever seen one. I mean, I'm gonna go with lesbian. I love her. Yeah. Love Certainly her a lesbian. I'm like trying to scan, mentally scan her. <laughs> oh, like has she played a vampire before? I'd let I her, would I'd let her bite me. Same. I'm gonna right? say yes because the last one was she wasn't a vampire. No, Kate McKinnon's just a lesbian, unfortunately. Merely but, a like, lesbian. Still a great thing to be. Yeah. I, um, I actually watched an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee just because she was on it. And I was like, oh. She's so great. Spend, because I just wanted to watch her actually just be, be herself. Her. Oh, yeah. And it's still hilarious. What I love about her is that she literally will not discuss anything about her past, her personal life. I love anything. that. Anything. She will talk about any random old shit with Jerry Seinfeld, and it's a very funny episode, and I highly recommend it. Um, but I was just like, man, you are, you are stone cold. You've got the wall up. You're not interested in giving, <laughs> you're going to give us what you want to give That's us. That's what and I love. Like, Cause oh, we know too much you. about actors anymore. So we can never, f- 
it's hard to fall in love with the character because Very it's true. like I know you were like drinking a frap three days ago at the <laughs> Starbucks down the street from my house. Yeah, like, complete tangent. But has <laughs> anyone here seen her new movie? I have not. I have. The Spy Who Dumped Me. You mean? Yeah, I did see it. Yeah, it was fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. It's, yeah, it's very silly late summer. Good, like that's what we need. Get in the recliner bucket seat, and would you recommend that or Happy Time Murders? I would recommend The Spy Who Dumped Me. Okay, yes, and I will add the caveat that I am glad the Happy Time Murders exists in terms <laughs> of the reach of the the what it's going for. Okay, it's it's a very despite the movie being. Not entirely successful. I did feel on some level that it was weirdly transgressive and exciting to be watching an extremely crude <laughs> mixed human slash puppet <laughs> like sort of detective story on a big screen. Like it was very interesting. Did yeah, you not risk. see Seed of Chucky? I uh, there you sorry, go. I couldn't resist. <laughs> as, as Don like takes off his, his stocks out. Damn it, I did puppet raunch a long time ago. That you For did, real, my friend. Though. Well, see, the th- thing is, I believe I so fully in the reality of Chucky that I think he's just real and not a puppet. That's not, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't, yeah, it's that's Chucky not, as human. it doesn't feel like puppet, like, like Happy Time Murders leans so far into the, well, they're Muppets. Yeah, the grotesque yeah. Muppet-ness yeah. of it all, and that's never been sort of where, where it feels in the, in the Child's Play f- series. I read did I, something. Did I save, did oh, I save that? I <laughs> Go for it. Okay. I read something about. Thank you so much. You, um, and when I Googled, and something about Cabbage Patch dolls mm-hmm. and, like, that being part of your inspiration. Can you say anything about that? Because I think they're really creepy, so. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Kind of are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wrote, what it was in the mid-80s, and that was when Cabbage Patch mm-hmm. dolls were really popular, and it was yes. very disturbing. I mean, just, like, people would line up around, like, literally, there were people around the block, lined right? up. Yeah. And there was, you know, kind of, like... A, Reports of violence and people, you know. Yeah. Um, so First really Black just Friday, kind of a satirical mm-hmm. look at that. It's just like what Amazing. what marketing can, how that can fuck up kids. <laughs> these doll, so these dolls are not to be trusted. I want you to look at this picture of these creepy Cabbage Patch dolls staring at baby me. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, were they your friends? I know. Like, and this is 1985 in this picture. You know. Oh my fuck! Yeah. Like, right. And as Those soon as I read fine. that, I thought of this picture, and I was like, yeah, "Oh, that's awesome!" Absolutely, my like cousin, baby cousin's like over here chilling with like Teddy Ruxpin. But yeah. then there's this doll looking at me, and your cousin is like, "Like, okay, like, like, I have no part of this." <laughs> uh, dear yeah. listeners, uh, we're looking at a picture, a, a, a grainy, vaguely Blumhouse esque. Yeah. Oh my god, it's very weird. Very, it's extremely like sinister. Uh, <sighs> Picture. Who did this? Nay, would you give us permission know. to share that Absolutely. on the social media? Yeah, okay. we're going to share it on social media <laughs> yeah. when this episode drops. Okay. And yeah. hey, guys, remember we were playing a game. So, uh, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Lesbian. Les. She's actually both. That's not all cover girls. Bullshit. Vampire. Vampire all the way. <laughs> yeah. Ellen, I am on to you. Portia, get out of the house. <laughs> Just only vampire. Run, she's, Portia, she's, run. she's a vampire who's <laughs> she's also mere, lying. She's merely <laughs> a vampire. <Yeah>. Merely. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Jodie Foster. <sighs> Miriam Blaylock all the way. Ooh, I would love she's that. She's Alice. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, That's so true. <laughs> but, yeah, but, sure, I want to play the piano. Well, the correct answer is, <laughs> well, you already know, so there you are. <laughs> I don't. 
dying. Okay. Well, she was the little girl who lived down the lane. She so sure she was. was a murderess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Has she been a murderess aside from that movie? The brave one. But that is oh, of course. vigilante. Yes. Is that the same thing? Yeah, Jody, get your gun. Yeah, Brave one is an amazing movie. I, I, like I sincerely too. wish, though, that Jody had been young enough to play Alice Cavender in The Hunger. Mm. No. Miriam, sure. what's the matter with John today? <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess I'll play for you. <laughs> you want? I have my mother's quaaludes. You sir. have the same eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you see a lot, Mrs. Baylock. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this you, for the next hour. Yeah, drunk? just to like doing Clarice Starling yeah. never gets old. Are you drunk, father? <laughs> you have to shame out. Are you strong <laughs> enough to turn out high-powered perception on yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Blaylock. Mrs. Blaylock. Is Mrs. Blaylock home? <laughs> uh, she's afraid of getting old. <laughs> All right, let's just do one more, more to wrap more, this more, up. More. Um, You've taken over your game. <laughs> no, it's fun. I love it, but also... Anytime Jodie Foster's name is said, I need Mark to do Jodie Foster. I'm no, that, that makes sense. I'm going to go cry in the bathroom after this. <laughs> yeah. but, um, no. Let's just do one last one. Okay. Amanda Bierce played Marcy Darcy in um, uh, Married with Children. Fright Night. Fam. Big, big mouth vampire. Yeah, oh God. Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful effect. Yes. Real life lesbian. Vampire player. Real R-E-E-L <laughs> vampire. So that's a both. And uh, we everybody wins. Uh, Here Amanda. are your trophies. Thank you. Thank you. We've, uh, we've discussed how Amanda really was the first one to open the door and doesn't get a, a lot of credit for it. Of being out and proud as a lesbian. And oh, I thought you meant as an out vampire. <laughs> she was the first really? vampire. <laughs> really? Because she was out on Married with Children, right? Like pretty much midway through that run, I think, is when she came I out. I believe she, I, I want to say yes. She came out before Ellen, I believe. Damn. Maybe you know it was around I the same time. Maybe. Yeah, I but think. But then again, Ellen was a lead character. I know. Very different different beast there yeah but, but i do believe amanda was quite the trailblazer yes in that in that regard yes <sighs> so that was games um i'm i'm having an existential crisis but I'm gonna... <laughs> should play a really cool theme song right there <laughs> the game led to mirth and laughter no so i'm really correct. happy about that yeah. and <laughs> led to mirth i'm just gonna imagine the rest of the podcast in jody foster's voice I'm sorry for getting aggressive. I'm very defensive about my games. <laughs> Brennan, they were great games. Brennan, yes. they were wonderful games. Could you leave for a sec? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> um, actually really need to pee. So. <laughs> no, it's like you just needed a smarter group. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, Don, on that note. Don is back next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, this is Don's farewell appearance. <laughs> um, Don, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Can oh, you say? I mean, like, you like well, I mean, sorry, I see what you're doing. Like you're just sitting in a chair. Um, <laughs> I am kind of working on the pilot for Child's Play TV series. Yeah. I know I qualify yeah, that with kind of, but that's only because I'm legally supposed to qualify it right now. Okay, but it's happening. Kind of keep, keep legal. <laughs> keep legal. That is. That's we're amazing. very excited. Extremely exciting. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Very exciting. Thank you, everyone. Please watch the show and not that. St- Never mind. I was going to say it. Well, you better believe that when uh, <laughs> when when the show does the show is splash, the true. We will. Uh, we will. Get True our long beast. cane and drag you back onto the show to yeah. talk yeah. trash about it. Get another film. We'll be at the premiere. We're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll do a live show from your seat. From at the I, are we going to do a show about the wife? <laughs> 
Oh man, that is a it's horror a movie. horror movie. It really is. Uh, okay, well, it looks like that's all the time we have. Wait, quick. Wait. What? Mm, pride float, girl. Yeah, come oh on. my god! I almost forgot. Yeah. Don, uh, the last the, sort of the, uh, the the swan song of every episode is that we take the film that we've described uh, or discussed, oh, and right. we uh, sort of talk amongst ourselves as to what a pride float in the does theme it of that get film. one? Does it get one? And a, what does it look like? And what would it look like? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was like mixing this up with another thing in Brennan's letter about like a capsule. Dis- I was about ready to d- deploy my capsule d- description of the movie. Uh, that's, yeah, not the shady that's not the question. Fuck. Well, do you want to give a brief, your brief summary? Yeah, yeah I was all ready with that. Catherine Deneuve and Susan Sarandon eat each other while David Bowie, the voyeur, watches and grows old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. really wasn't worth waiting for. No, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. But you know what? It's a sick But back to the float. <laughs> the float. Mine is excess is sexy and gay. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the real tagline? You would know. Uh, nothing human loves forever. Lives, loves forever. Oh. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. How about that? God damn it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark actually wrote it when he was like four. <laughs> I... <laughs> I can't help it. I love this movie. And it's a big fave of Mark. I'm glad we, we did this one soon. Oh, me too. Mark does love it. Mark disowned us in the group chat. Like, well, You guys were making fun of it. Shit. And I was we like, weren't making fun of it. We, were, we hadn't even seen it yet. Yeah. We weren't even making fun of it. I know. It yet. That's the thing. You were like literally goading me. <laughs> did, you, did you guys like it? I did. Yes. Yeah. 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 I thought it was very. The thing I really liked about it is. Um, well, it just was looked beautiful. It was acted beautiful. And just it was just so great. But I loved how like punk it was for the time yeah you know like it was really doing it, it, it to me it was doing something that wasn't being done at the time and in a lot of ways not being done right now um that's for sure and just casting is so important that movie taught me like i mean i always know that but like the cast in that movie is so good yeah that you really are spending time with four characters and thank god they had four really good actors because that's a quick way to lose people i think is if any one of them drops the ball, the movie's over with, and they're all fantastic. Also, shout out to Milena Canonero, legendary costume costume designer. Oh, yeah. Who, legend has it, flew on her own dime to Rome to acquire a certain scarf, a particular scarf for David Bowie. No shit. In wow. one scene, she flew on her own dime because she refused to have him wear something that didn't feel quite right. That's amazing. So I love the score. Too. The yeah, score yeah, it's so yeah. good. It's perfect. The synth is yeah. perfect. Bauhaus is perfect. Uh, but is the it? use of, uh, what was it? Like, it's Bach, Ravel. And what was, you know, that, that cross-cutting sequence we were talking about? In the beginning? But not at the beginning, but, but oh, that with one the with the with, with the, the truck, truck and, and stuff. That, that music is great. Uh, yeah. Ding, 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 yeah. yeah. The oh, use of, that. like, rock, like, classic classical music mm-hmm. and like actual film score is pretty impressive like the way they mixed all three of them and sometimes in the same scenes like that is a good example wasn't there an actual song playing at the same time too during that truck sequence i feel like there was or maybe i'm thinking of another sequence you know what i don't remember it i have to look it maybe up. it's the opening scene i want to say of. no but like I, since we started on this i question my knowledge of this movie. your knowledge is pretty extensive. <laughs> <laughs> so pride float yeah so we'll it gets a pride float. i believe it gets a pride yes float. Yeah. What is on this pride float? You're really good at describing pride floats now. Well, first, Obviously, I a big say, ass bed. I, 
I want to say first, there is like one single piece of glitter on your cheek winking at me. It's so cute. Mm. Anyway, so the pride float, I was thinking it's like, you know, a 20 by 10 marble slab Mm. rolling down the parade. Mm. Covered in erect nipples (laughs) with just sheer white fabric blowing all over these hard nipples with some kind of opera aria screaming like out. a bunch of sexy sick people mm, just like yeah gyrating on the the marble yeah the, the, i mean yeah. the, the nipples are the most important doves doves parts. flying oh, doves yeah. are and then in the center i thought this was a group <laughs> effort oh, okay. i think okay. we should like you have like a wire mesh thing and like that Absolutely. Bauhaus guy you know yes doing totally you could just like he's <laughs> doing that pantomime like, he's like oh, and then God. obviously blood squirting with the yeah. onk <laughs> Mm. I like what would it sort of cost to get of nipples though. What, That's really what would it cost to get that many pounds of curtain though? I feel like the marbles. The marbles kind of you're gonna blow it away. There is yeah. a lot of fabric. In that yeah, but oh, we can go to Joanne's. the fashion district and get that fabric. Like, also, a lot of smoke. Because yeah. I imagine oh, yeah. like well, I'm just like going off the subject here, but very quickly, the, like the smoke in that, there's like smoke mm-hmm. in every scene. It must have been an incredibly uncomfortable movie to make. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, seriously, because yeah, of that, it's so just true. really unhealthy. That's another thing they wouldn't let you do anymore. The smoke? Just that amount of yeah, smoke. Smoking there's in the so restaurant. Much like Bonnie smoke. Tyler oh, music smoking. video level of smoke. Yeah, no, so just much not the smoking, but the smoke to create the atmosphere. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty great. The, so the light feels very solid in that movie. And Alice needs to be on the float. This is a big float. But Alice is... I know. It's really... Constructed. It's like giant... First of all, it's a giant 20 by 18 <laughs> slab of marble, which I don't even know how like, the fuck what do you, you make that do you, thing move. Do you put that on a Fiat? Like, yeah. what, how do you move that thing? Uh, uh, let's find out. And then you cast Katya as Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the cherry on top. <laughs> well, I mean, I, didn't, I don't think I realized how much... Remember I always talk about Lady Gaga in season five of Lady American... Gaga? horror story are you mm-hmm. mocking me like, that's like my least favorite michael your least favorite season imitated. no that's my fi- oh no i wasn't imitating you at all okay i'm gonna oh calm down God, Ooh, me and brendan ready to fight <laughs> brendan to d- ready i didn't okay happens to me wow. all the time anyway. don't worry lady gaga yes so i mean lady gaga in season five of american horror story is you know she's like taking lovers she's directly torn from 1983's yeah. classic the hunker and yeah I didn't, maybe i didn't realize yeah it's the style the fabrics the lights mm-hmm. the I really outfits i'm looking forward to a star is born me too mm-hmm. i saw it it's good really yep. yeah you got to see I it was, a while I ago. was uh fortunate enough to see it quite a while ago and i will be honest when i sat down i was like this is gonna be is probably going to be campy because it's a star is born and uh, it turned out to be shockingly good oh, she seems yeah. great in it and the she trailer does. <laughs> every time i hear the trailer i'm like give me more give me more and then i'm like you know what this is the right amount of her because i just want her <laughs> her voice is so powerful it's it's mm. it's and the songs are really good. They have amazing chemistry. Every time I see Can the trailer, the though, for us? Uh-huh. I'm Just, not going to do uh, the rest of it. Every time I see the trailer, though, I'm like, of course, for the, a two and a half minute trailer for a Lady Gaga movie, I want to hear Bradley Cooper sing for ninety seconds. But he he's actually has really a surprisingly good, good voice. He's really good. Yeah. It's a really assured debut. I mean, I mean it's, it's like a, yeah, it's crazy that it's his first. Film. It is. Um, yeah, well, because it's such a sort of like out of the box kind of random choice. Well, do you right? know this is like his passion project? Yeah, like this is a thing he's been wanting to make since he was a child. Correct. 
So, and that's another conversation starter right there. <laughs> well, that'll be for next time. Join us for part two. <laughs> of, uh, so, where can we find everyone on social media? Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Well, Don, let's start with you. Um, I'm on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My my name is Real Don Mancini. Which sounds like I'm an asshole, but there was like a fake Don Mancini. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah, and there was probably like Don Mancini one and Don Mancini two. No, I just no. like the sound of real Don Mancini. It made me feel better about myself. No, yeah. uh, you can find me, Mark, on Twitter at uh, Senior Teenager, and on Instagram at Senior Teen. You can find me on Instagram at Black Cupcake B L A K K C U B C A K E. What's your art? Oh, and Gaudi Los Angeles for my art, G-A-U-D-Y Los Angeles. Mm. Twitter, you can find me at Michael Ken Ken, and Instagram, you can find me at Michael Ken Ken one. Except Michael looks like a troll on Instagram. Uh, like, they think I'm a like, bot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't post anything. I think I hate Instagram. And you can find but except yours. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod, and you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. Thank you oh, very much. It's raining brands. You guys. Thank you so much for Don. Listening. Thank you. Yeah, thank Don. you so much so for having much. me. This thank was a blast. So it was much. a great movie. So Tune in next week, guys. Until then, bye. 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 <laughs>